Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. get out and talk to people, step away from the computer. In the States, uh, United States rather, there are estimates that as many as 80% of all jobs never make it onto a job board. There's no shortage of job boards. There are 40,000 niche job boards out there. And you throw in the newspapers and the traditional media. But most people, Jane, um, instead of going out and talking, they spend most of their time on computers. And um, so you don't have to spend 80% of your time out having conversations, but don't spend 100% of your time looking at job boards. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Welcome back to my careers podcast, where I interview fascinating professionals who've made amazing career changes or are leaders in their field. And I interview a lot of entrepreneurs as well. And one such wonderful entrepreneur is Mac Pritchard, who's in Portland, Oregon. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about him. He's the founder and publisher of Max List, an online community for people looking for rewarding, creative, and meaningful work. More than 80,000 people a month visit the site, which includes a job board, a blog, and courses about the nuts and bolts of job hunting and career management. Right up my alley, isn't it? Mac hosts a weekly podcast called Find Your Dream Job and is author of the new book, which was launched on the 1st of February this year, Land Your Dream Job Anywhere. How good does that sound? So of course I have to talk to Mac. We met, I believe, on Twitter or LinkedIn. And then um, I I was on uh, Mac's, Mac's podcast and I thought, wow, he's got an even more interesting story. So let's find out about him. So welcome, Mac. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Jane. (laughs) It's great to have you here. I just want to go through your career history very briefly because it's been such an interesting one because you have a Master of Public Administration from Harvard Kennedy School and your career has been amazing. You were researcher for Joe Kennedy for Congress in the 1980s and then a public affairs manager at the Oregon Department of Transportation, Um, also a speechwriter for Governor John Kitzhaber in Oregon, National Communications Director and now president of Pritchard Communications and a number of other amazing communications roles in between. So what a fascinating career journey, Mac. Um, I think just to kick us off, how about you tell us about your early days and when you were a little boy, what were your career aspirations? Well, one of the gifts my parents gave me, Jane, was a a strong work ethic. My uh, father actually signed me up for a newspaper route, delivering newspapers when I was age nine. Uh, And I... I've been working ever since. It's uh, been almost 50 years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when I was in, uh, my parents also were very involved in the community. Um, 
and uh, I had I got from them an interest in politics and, and public service, and that led me to study politics in college. And when I graduated, Jane, I wanted to do three things. I wanted to write, I wanted to work on electoral campaigns, and I wanted to do uh, human rights advocacy. And I, I couldn't have told you those goals in such a succinct manner, uh, even after I got my, my bachelor's, but I, I was interested in all three of those things. And I've been fortunate in my career to, to be able to, to do that. And um, the first job I had after college was working on a uh, U.S. Senate campaign in the United States. And, and then I, I took a position in Washington, D.C. with a human rights group uh, that worked on U.S. Latin American policy in the 1980s. And that's where I learned my basic communication skills, how to write a news release, put together a newsletter, talk to reporters. And those skills served me well later in my career. Wow. I mean, it's amazing because going into government, politics, public service, it must yeah. mean that you had a strong desire to really make a difference within the community. Uh, would you say your career anchor is dedication to a cause or service or is it something else? It, the, the constant that, that runs through all the jobs I've had, Jane, has been wanting to make a difference on issues I care about or in the community where I live and work. And um, I've worked for public agencies, nonprofits. Now I run Two small businesses, they're both uh, certified benefit corporations. They're called B Corps. And they're, there's, it's part of a global movement to use business as a force for social good. There are about 2,000 B Corps around the world. And I'm proud to be um, the owner of two of them. Mm-hmm. How fantastic. Yeah. I mean, really making a difference to the community. That, that's, that, that, that must be one of your top values is, is to, to give back as well and really to help others. Because I think with your, uh, with your job board, Max List, mm-hmm. and the book that you've written and everything that you do is to help people within their careers. Because if you've got a good career, you can earn money, you can build the life of your dreams. So it sort of all comes full circle, doesn't it? It does. Service is a central value for me. I, I do want to uh, say I've had great jobs and great opportunities. I've had my uh, my valleys too, in addition to the peaks. So I've had two long periods of unemployment. Uh, one of them was after I got that great degree from Harvard. And, and I, I remember, and this was, um, you know, candidly arrogance on my part. I thought, oh, you know, now I have master's in, uh, from this Ivy League school. I'll never have problems finding a job again. And I was setting myself up for a fall, Jane, and and, and it came fairly soon. So I say all that because um, one of the best lessons I'd learned during that period of unemployment in my early 30s after graduate school, I met with someone who said, you know, uh, we think that our careers are going to be 45 degree angles and it's just going to be up, up and up. And it's that's not the way it works. Uh, We have our peaks, but we have our valleys, too. And the important thing is to learn from those experiences, both positive and negative, and, and apply them as you move forward. Yeah. Uh, one of the best lessons I've learned is just the value of, of, of generosity and, and giving to others, both in advice and time and, and service. And I think that has been a big part of the professional success I've had and certainly a big part of the personal satisfaction I get too. Mm. You know, it's really interesting. You touched upon that the way where you got your degree. And so you've got your Master of Public Administration right. from Harvard Kennedy School. And so that's great because Ivy League school and that's yeah. that's what people aspire to. And then you think the jobs should come flooding in, shouldn't they? Right. And yet that was the challenging time. Well, what, why do you think that is? I think what, what happened was I, I moved to Oregon to take a political job working for a mayoral candidate here and I, wor- I was his communications director at City Hall. 
candidly, we lost the election and the job went away. Um, and I, I was stuck. I, I wasn't quite sure what to do next. And I think uh, in hindsight, not having that clarity about where I wanted to go next was part of what was keeping me stuck. The other problem, Jane, and I didn't recognize it at the time, when I'd been out of work in the past, I'd always volunteered and I'd gotten involved in uh, campaigns or community organizations. There, and there are three great things you get from that. One is just this sense of, of giving back. But the second is it gets you out of the house. And I think one of the worst things that can happen when you're uh, out of work is to spend time, a lot of time by yourself or, or at home. Um, and the third great thing you get from volunteering when you're out of work is you just connect with people, you show them what you can do. And uh, so in addition to the satisfaction of service, uh, you're, you're, you're growing your network and, and you're going to hear about opportunities. Um, I didn't do that because, again, this was my arrogance. I thought, oh, well, I should get paid. You know, now I have this, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a professional in my mid-30s and um, I don't have time to volunteer. I'm going to focus on my job hunt. And mm. in hindsight, that was a mistake. Yeah, and I and I think that's the thing because some if something isn't working, you've got to do something different. Yeah. And if if the offers are not flooding in because you've got that piece of paper, which would have taken a lot of time and effort and cost as well to mm-hmm. to achieve, um, it, it's it's quite disappointing. But you're absolutely right. Having clarity as to okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to use this degree mm-hmm. um, so that it's going to benefit the most people and also be the solution to another company's problems? That clarity exactly. would help you to market. But I love it that you said that you started volunteering because that's how, that definitely gets you out and about and the people who also volunteer very mm-hmm. often can be leaders of industry too so you never know who you're going to meet and exactly. then they, they get to know you and and I think one of the most important things when uh, you actually secure a new role is the, the values of the organization the culture mm-hmm. the people you're going to be with and if you meet someone through volunteering they get to know your heart as well yes and, yeah. and I think that that makes that makes a big difference plus if you're in between jobs and you're doing something good for someone else who's less fortunate than yourself it it helps to build up your own self-confidence and really make a difference in the world yeah Uh, Yeah. well said I, i think you're absolutely right yeah. And so now your interesting career path. Okay. Mm-hmm. So going into politics and then you were a researcher and then you became a public mm-hmm. affairs manager and then you became a speech writer. So mm-hmm. obviously your writing must be amazing. What was that like? I, I find that fascinating because not having worked within the public sector, I mean, I, I consult, but I haven't worked within it as an employee. Um, being a speech writer for Governor John Kitsaba, that, that would have been so interesting. It, it was a great job. And you know, the challenge that comes with a job like that is you have to learn the voice of the person for whom you're writing speeches. Uh, and you have to be able to turn uh, copy out fast. Uh, and candidly, I, I struggled with it at first. I, I'd never been a full-time speechwriter before. Uh, but I, so it took a leap of faith to say, yes, I, I can do that. And I, I found, as with other opportunities, that you know, you, you want to put in the work and, and the preparation, but uh, you just have to take a risk. And, uh, and if you're clear about what the job requires and you put in the time and the effort in a focused way, you, chances are you'll be successful. Yeah. What, what sort of um, pressure would you be under as a speechwriter? Because you've got to get it just right. And would you have uh, quite tight deadlines if something needed to be written or, or would you normally get quite a good lead time? 
Well, both. Sometimes uh, things had to be written quickly. Uh, and other times you had, if it was an important speech, it, there was a process. You'd, you'd prepare a draft. You'd go through multiple revisions. A lot of people would be involved. Uh, usually there was a sort of a core group of four to six people in addition to the governor who would review it and, and give input. And it's very collaborative. Um, mm. And then other times it, the assignments were straightforward, you know, greetings at a, at a convention or, um, and those tended to be more routine. And there's a, there's a process, you follow, a formula you follow in, in preparing them. But again, you have to pay attention to the details and get it right. Yeah. You know, this interesting career path that you followed, it's really been, you know, moved round and up and down and the peaks yeah. and the troughs and everything. Um, so you must have quite strong resilience and self-reliance to be able to get over all of these challenges. What would you say would be uh, the key elements to consider when, when actually making a career change? It goes back to what we were talking about I think the first thing, Jane, is back to what we were talking about earlier, having clarity about what you want to do. And I, I talk to a lot of job seekers. I've gone through this myself um, because I have switched sectors and, and roles. And sometimes people get stuck because they're looking at two or three options and they can't choose. And uh, what I've found in my own career and, and what I've seen other people do successfully is they explore those options and they go out and talk to people and they're clear about what interests them. There might be two or three career paths. By having conversations with people who are doing that work and raise, raising your concerns and talking about objections employers might have about you uh, trying to make that switch and how to overcome them, you get such great insights into what employers want, what kind of problems they face. And this is, and I, you're just spot on talking about the importance of thinking about employers' problems and how you can address them. Because when you do that, you're clear about what those problems are. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. You, you're able to position yourself as a candidate, but you're also able to figure out if it's just something I really want to do. Yeah. So um, having, the, having that clarity about your goals, having conversations with people who are doing it, not only give you insights into what employers want and what it takes to be successful, but you also start to uncover those hidden opportunities out there that never get advertised. And uh, in most job markets, many positions never get posted publicly. They're filled by word of mouth. And if you want to be part of those conversations, informational interviews and, and networking um, is a great way to do that, particularly when you're going through a career change. And it's the best jobs I've ever had like the speechwriter position, a, a job at City Hall. I was the spokesman for the um, Boston's Big Dig. Those positions were never advertised. And, and it, I wasn't somebody's nephew. I just got inserted myself into conversations that were already happening about how those jobs were going to get filled and what employers were looking for. Yeah, yeah. The power of the network is is huge because the majority of my clients get their next role through the network. In fact, I was having an exploratory conversation with with one one client this morning and um, she wanted to know, you know, all the different job search methods. And I said, you know what? First thing to do, network. Oh, yeah. but it's a dirty word. I don't like smoozing. But <laughs> what, what people don't realize is networking is just building relationships, letting people exactly. know um, it's not really 
who you know. It's who knows what you can do. That's the exactly. most important thing. And if people know, oh, you know, you're a communication specialist or you're a career coach or, or you're a procurement specialist or whatever it is. If people can go, oh, that person is the go-to person for that particular skill set, mm -hmm. then people will come to you. But I think so many people don't realize that they've got to get their name out there exactly. as well. And so talking is really important. And these days, um, with the power of LinkedIn and social media, uh -huh. it helps everything to get out there even more. And podcasting, Mac, because you yeah. have leading very nice. What a nice segue that is. Uh, <laughs> you have a wonderful podcast called Your Dream Job. And mm -hmm. so tell me, why did you start that, that podcast? Well, as you mentioned earlier, I run a site that includes a job board, and I'm, uh, we get um, about 80,000 people a month who come to that site. I meet with job seekers frequently, and, and it's very flattering. Jane, they tell me how much they enjoy the job board, and I'll ask them, well, how's your search going? And so many of them say, well, I look at your job board every day, and, I, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, but I'll say, well, what else are you doing? Are you networking, doing informational interviews, volunteering, um, uh, going to industry events? And most people say, no, I, I'm, I'm looking at your board, this other board. So one of the ways we serve our, our readers um, and now our listeners is by providing through our blog and, and through the podcast, nuts and bolts information about how to look for work. Mm -hmm. uh, Many people here in the States, uh, just they don't learn how to do that. And uh, they don't take advantage often of the resources that are available, like career services offices at high schools or colleges. So often people uh, find that first or second job through word of mouth or they respond to some kind of posting. But they get stuck when they're looking for the third or fourth one because they don't know how to go out and have those conversations, how to, how to network and how to uncover the, the jobs, those hidden jobs that never make it onto job boards like mine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic having that job board right there because at least people can see what roles are open at this sure. point in time. But I always say that you mustn't just rely on a job board. Mm -hmm. You have, you have to do everything else as well. There yeah. are recruitment agencies. There is the networking, which is the number yeah. one. Um, I always yeah. recommend networking is number one for sure. But, um, but I think pulling all of the different job search methods together, that will give you a really solid marketing plan uh, moving forward. Yeah. And yeah. now, now, not only do you have the wonderful your career, uh, my dream. Sorry, my my podcast is your career. yours is your dream. I think combine. Sorry. We should combine forces. Mac. <laughs> I'm in Sydney. You're in Portland, Oregon. I, 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 mean, would, I would just, love that. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's really it's lovely weather down here. Um, but but then you've also written the book. Okay, let me get the title right. The book land your dream job anywhere. So tell mm -hmm. me, tell me the story of the start of the. the planting the seed of I'm going to write this book and then um, right through to the launch on 1st of I, February. Sure. Uh, it really grew out of the conversations I was having with job seekers who would contact me because of the board and they'd want to talk about, they want to meet for coffee or to pick my brain or to have informational interviews. And, I, and I'm sure you've had this experience too, Jane. You start hearing the same questions again and again. And so in order to serve as many people as possible, uh, we started a blog and we wrote about the most commonly asked questions and topics that uh, job searchers need to know about. Uh, but some people prefer books to blogs uh, or podcasts to books. So we, we try to meet people where they are. Uh, and the book 
um, takes uh, the, the best um, lessons and principles that, that I've learned uh, running the MaxList site and the job board, and also from my own personal experience, but also hundreds of conversations with job seekers and employers. And our, our, our goal is to make the job search uh, faster and easier for seekers by giving them the principles and practical tips they need to, to get the job they want. And so we take people through um, uh, goal setting and uh, self-assessment and teach them uh, basic networking and, and skills. And uh, also we talk about interviews and how to negotiate offers and, uh, and then how to, to apply these principles throughout your career. Oh, fantastic. A very valuable resource, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think it'll it'll definitely help so many, so many job seekers. Here in Australia, our, our unemployment rate currently, uh, as of this week, is 5.9%. Okay. Um, how does that compare with um, the United States? I think the national rate is just at about 5%, 4.9%. Yeah, 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 okay. And obviously some areas, you know, it's a little bit tougher to secure another job sure. than, than other yeah. areas. How do you feel? I'm just curious to, to, to think, in America, because you can get in a car and you can drive across the States, um, how open are people to maybe moving to where the jobs are if they're in an area that's uh, maybe a little bit more depressed? It's interesting you should bring that up because there's research that shows Americans are less likely to, to move um, even short distances for work um, and that wasn't the case uh, right after World War II and, and through the 50s and 60s. So uh, people, and, and so that if you do stay in an area that uh, has a high unemployment rate, it's going to be challenging competing mm. with more people. Yeah, yeah. It's t- I mean, it's interesting because in America, and also, you know, we have, we have so many people coming to Australia, and I, I've moved country five times. Mm-hmm. So it's not just city, it's countries. And there yeah. are challenges to, to making that move as well. And you yeah. have to reinvent yourself or reinvent you your career each time. So, so do, do you touch on um, maybe career reinvention as well? We do. Uh, it's in the book. And yeah. certainly we've done a number of podcasts about that, about how to move to, how to start over in a new city, how to change uh, uh, sectors and careers. I've had that experience myself personally. I, I grew up in, a, in the middle of the United States. And right after college, moved to the East Coast, to Washington, D.C. And then I was there for two years and left and lived nine years in Boston, up in New England, uh, in, on the East Coast as well. And then, uh, Jane, right after graduate school, I, I moved 2,300 miles to Oregon. And I actually, when I had the idea of moving here, I didn't actually know anybody in Oregon. I came out on my first job hunting trip during spring break uh, and then came back in June after graduation to interview for positions. But so I, I know what firsthand how challenging it can be to, to make those switches and, and, and reinvent yourself. And uh, Oregon is a very popular place for people to come from all around the country. So I also meet a lot of job seekers who are going through that as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's oh, Oregon is such a beautiful place. I've been there only once before, about yeah. 30 years ago. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so long ago. But it was just such a beautiful, <clears throat> beautiful city. Um, and so now with Max List, you focus on Oregon and Washington State? We do. The job yeah. board, uh, you'll find listings in mm-hmm. those two states. Mm-hmm. But we serve a national audience through our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than 80% of our downloads come from outside of Oregon. Yeah. We even get uh, 
15% of our downloads from overseas. Uh, mm-hmm. Canada's number one, but I think Australia's number two. Yeah. Oh, Australia's there. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> I think our numbers came up when, when you were on the, on the show. Uh, but the, both the podcast, the blog, and, and, the, and the books, uh, and the book, rather, they, they, they do serve a national audience. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Now, what I want to find out is mm-hmm. what are your top three tips, Mac, for job search success? Well, number one is don't wait to be picked. Uh, too many people, uh, I, I meet so many folks, Jane, who say, I, I want to work at company X or, or at nonprofit Y. And I'll say, well, have you, uh, have you reached out to them? And uh, they haven't started those conversations, I think in part, large part because they don't know how to do it. And so instead they, they check the website of the organization and, and wait for that posting to appear. And of course, when a, the job is advertised, your challenge then becomes you're one of a hundred resumes that are in a stack. And, and, and we both know that, and people who've been working for a long time know that uh, if you have some personal connection, it can be the weakest of ties to people inside an organization. Um, you're, you're likely, the odds of you getting an interview go way, way up. So number one, don't wait to be picked. Um, second, know what you want. And again, I know people struggle with this, uh, being clear about what the next opportunity is that they're, they're most excited about. So if you have a short list, explore them and have conversations with people in those fields. Um, but, but when you know what you want, you make it so much easier for people to help you and to say yes when you ask for help. Uh, and and uh, people do want to help you in your job search. That's why they agree to have coffee with you or to do a, an informational interview or a networking meeting. Um, but you you they can't figure out what it is you need help with. You've got to tell them. So that would be number two. And number three uh, is get out and talk to people, step away from the computer. Again, I run a job board. I'm very proud of the service and the value we offer to our readers and to our advertisers, the employers who post with us. But in the States, uh, United States rather, there are estimates that as many as 80% of all jobs never make it onto a job board. Mm. There's no shortage of job boards. There are 40,000 niche job boards out there. And you throw in the newspapers and the traditional media, but most people, Jane, um, instead of going out and talking, which is the third tip I, 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 I encourage people to follow, they spend most of their time on computers. And um, so you don't have to spend 80% of your time out having conversations, but don't spend 100% of your time looking at job boards. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, hiding, yeah, hiding behind a computer is, it's a safe option, but yeah. it's not the best, almost effective option, is it? So thank, no. thanks for those top three tips. That's very valuable. What I'm going to do, Mac, is I'm going to have all of your, um, your, your links to your Twitter handle, to Max List, where to purchase your wonderful new book on my show notes on janejacksoncoach.com. Um, and I hope that your book will be able to reach even more people so that it can help them when they're going through their transition too. It's been such a pleasure uh, speaking with you today. Mac, do you want to leave us with any parting words of wisdom? Just... Uh... Be clear about what you want and and don't be afraid. Go out and chase it. And uh, I think you'll be very surprised at at the results you get and how much people want to help you. Mm -hmm. I I think make your own magic happen, yes? Yeah. (laughs) 
Well said. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mac. It was great chatting to you, and I hope to have you on the show again in a few months' time, and you tell me how the book's going. Okay, that would be a, a, a pleasure. Thank you, Jane. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.